0: Up next is Pete's Ponderings on RCR, reality check radio. Pete's Ponderings is a selection of Pete's candid commentary on everyday issues for Kiwis, taken from his show, Afternoons. Listen to the live broadcast of Peter Williams' afternoon show at 1pm Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, right here on RCR, reality check radio.
1: Gee, the Prime Minister has a cheek, doesn't he? He said on Monday that there was no compulsory vaccination. People, he said, made their own choices. Yesterday, he doubled down on that. Now, let's cut him the tiniest, tiniest little bit of slack. What he says is technically correct. Although, if he had things his way, it would have been absolutely compulsory. Remember, he was the guy who said that they would go looking for the unvaccinated. Something tells me he may have even used the phrase, we will hunt you down. But he is really splitting hairs by using the word compulsory Yes, nobody was forced to, as in being physically taken in for a jabbing But the mandates in so many jobs meant that you couldn't stay if you were not vaccinated. It was despicable coercion of the highest order. We remember that. So let's call it a virtual compulsion. Chris Hipkins really was quite vile when he made that assertion a couple of days ago because he must know that many, many people lost their jobs and careers because of the mandates imposed by their employers. Both public and private employers The least Hepkins could have done Was apologise For what they, that is the Labour Party Did But you know what, I don't think He and they are sorry at all In many respects I almost wish I had stayed on at MediaWorks Instead of resigning It was uh, two years ago this week actually And and had a showdown with the management there Over the mandate that they brought in Just uh, about a week or so After I left But Chris Hipkins' insistence on there being no compulsion is bordering on fiction in the minds of thousands of us. The arrogance and rejection of people's rights, as displayed by Jacinda Ardern's admission of two classes of people. And then Chris Hipkins saying words to the effect of, we will hunt you down, make this Labour leadership the most personally despised of any political party in my lifetime. They were at 24%, I see, in the Roy Morgan poll yesterday. I don't think they've hit the bottom yet. Frankly, they deserve everything that is coming to them.
0: You're listening to Pete's
1: Ponderings on RCR. Reality Check Radio. Well, the National Party could be on the brink of another shambles over their tax policy, I think. They say they want to raise the best part of a couple of billion dollars by taxing overseas online gambling turnover except that at the moment it's illegal for offshore gambling operations to be set up in New Zealand, so the law would have to be changed to allow it. And changing gambling laws cannot be done in a hurry because it requires, frankly, a sound and reflective select committee and consultation process. And after what has happened with Sky City this week, is there really a mood to make gambling opportunities for New Zealanders even more readily available. Therefore, a combination of the legislative process to make offshore gambling subject to a tax and the overly heroic assumption about the number of overseas buyers for expensive houses in this country means that Nationals' claim to raise $3 billion in extra tax through these sources is frankly just a little bit shaky. If they have a really good analysis on these policies, they could regain a great deal of credibility if they just showed us at the moment their backstop line is that they've done their sums and that they are rock solid in their assumptions and their modelling and their delivery. Well, I'm glad that they're so confident because... I can find numerous reasons not to be. Christopher Luxon and Nicola Willis could lift their credibility if they produce some research and data to back their assertions. That they're not doing that makes me highly suspicious and highly doubtful they can achieve what they say they can.
2: Check out our brand new RCR Foundation Members Club. Go to realitycheck.radio slash members and join now. To our correspondence
1: file now, you have uh, been in touch with us through inbox at realitycheck.radio or via text at 2057. Uh, this from uh, an anonymous an anonymous texter, good news stories are not being reported by the MSM mainstream media include Kiwi sports people winning international events. If they're not cyclists or rowers, they're ignored. Can RCR please report on the bowling championships currently in Australia or the rolling skating wizards winning awards? Mm, Don't know too much about the Skating Wizards, uh, Texter, but certainly Taylor Bruce's success uh, winning the World Singles Championship at those uh, World Bowls on the Gold Coast has been uh, well covered. Congratulations to her. Uh, Peter, I have given you my details for transparency, writes uh, this uh, correspondent via email But I would like this to remain anonymous Okay, not a problem I read your post about ivermectin on your blog and thought you may be interested in some information While the government was blocking the import of ivermectin to New Zealand for a time There was one place you could get it from I imported some and I know of others who did as well There was never confiscation of it uh, despite it being well-labeled as to what it was. The source was a veterinary lab in the Ukraine. That alone is kind of interesting, but there is a further twist to this tale. I'm going to give you this link so you can see it for yourself. And the link uh, is to the United States Embassy in, uh, in Ukraine. Now, I opened uh, the page that it linked through to, and it was a 404. This page does not exist. Anyway, I was able to get something from it, uh, uh, correspondent. However, I cannot quite uh, understand what you're on about. If you'd like to give me the actual copy from this so-called fact sheet on the USA embassy uh, website in Ukraine. Uh, maybe we can talk more about it at a future date. But the fact that you were able to import ivermectin from Ukraine uh, is, as you say, interesting. All right, uh, more correspondence here. This is from John Hedefin, who says he's a founding member, although I don't know what of. Uh, he says... Uh, if. If voters could party vote for first and second choice, this would be a much more representative vote. People would be able to vote unrestricted without having to think strategically about whether their vote will be wasted, as if the threshold was not met, their vote would still count. This would give the minor parties a fairer opportunity to gain representation as currently they get no funding. And as we know, it is very difficult to get a foot in the door without the support of one of the larger parties. This would allow transitions from our two-gang approach we are stuck with currently. Keep up the good work. Thank you, John, for that. All I'll say is that what you're uh, suggesting is that we have STV, the single transferable vote for the party vote. Well, you know, if uh, we as a population had been better educated about the STV system back in 1993 at the time of the referendum, uh, referenda, really, because there were a couple of them, weren't there, uh, when we went to a different voting system, we may well have adopted STV. Sadly, though, that is all History, and just finally a couple of comments which have come in through Facebook about my interview with uh, Philip Crump, aka Thomas Cranmer. Keep up the great work, Peter. Getting the truth out there. NZME profits down seventy six percent. The only thing propping them up to the government, uh, propping them up are the government handouts. Hence the lies they publish, selling their integrity for the pot of gold. Not going too great for them And then Sam says Great interview by Peter Highly recommended everyone to listen to it for themselves Well done RCRNZ Okay, thank you for that Yes, the Philip Crump I was going to say Philip Cranmer Philip Crump interview is still online On our Facebook page Or on our website If you'd like to listen to it again Thank you for your correspondence text Machine is
0: now live Send us your thoughts by texting your message to 2057. That's 2057. So get in
1: touch with us now. Now, the thing about politicians is that you have to be able to trust them. And to gain their trust, it helps if they tell the truth about their life and times and background before they went into politics. But for some bizarre reason, James Shaw, the Minister for Climate Change and co-leader of the Green Party, is telling the world through LinkedIn that he has a BA, a Bachelor of Arts from Victoria University. But he has previously told the student magazine critic, the Otago University student magazine critic, that he didn't finish his degree and he went off to England in the late 1990s. But he is putting about that he has an undergraduate degree, which he admits, or has admitted, is not the truth. To quote from Critic, I never actually got my undergrad. Now... It is technically a crime to claim that you have an academic qualification that you don't have. And a staffer at James Shaw's office has confirmed that James Shaw does not have a BA from Victoria University. So why is this still reported on his LinkedIn page? That is demonstrably false information. And if we can't trust him with his academic qualifications, what else can we not trust him on? Well the answer to that of course is plenty He also says on LinkedIn that he co-founded an outfit in the UK called Future Considerations And that he was a shareholder in it The only problem is that on his CV he says he started working for Future Considerations in 2005 The company was founded in 2002 James Shaw also said in his maiden speech to Parliament back in 2014 that he worked at Future Considerations, an organisational development company, quote, that I helped to establish, unquote. So the question is, did James Shaw mislead Parliament from as early as his maiden speech? The thing about these issues is that Ian Wishart of Investigate magazine has been writing about them on Twitter for over a week Over a week, nobody in the mainstream media has bothered to follow up the story. No questions asked, no response from Shaw or the Greens to the story. You know, if this was David Seymour or Christopher Luxon or, God forbid, Sam Uffindel, with some palpably false information on their LinkedIn CV, do you think the media would let that sleep? And who says our media don't love and protect the left. You're listening to Pete's Ponderings on RCR, Reality Check Radio. I talked here a couple of days ago about the chair of the Strath. Tiree Community Board, a rural part of Dunedin City Council, allegedly making a racist comment and how the subsequent inquiry by an independent lawyer found that there had been a breach of the Code of Conduct. But never at any stage of the reporting on this matter had the actual words said been made public for the public to make up their mind about whether or not this was a racist comment. Well, now it appears those words have been reported. Two separate media outlets have now used the words, reported the words used by this man, Barry Williams. And what happened was he called a worker at the Strath Tyree Hotel in Middlemarch a stupid black bitch. Now, this was after a mix-up with the serving of a meal. He reportedly used that phrase more than once, and his comments were reported by someone who overheard it. Now, on the surface... This is absolutely unacceptable behaviour by anyone, let alone a local community board chairman. The questions are, though, is this typical behaviour by this man? And what should be done about it? Let's remember how he achieved his position. He was elected to it by the voters of Strath Only they can force him out of the role. They can next do that in two years when there are local body elections. The Dunedin City Council can censure him, which they've done. They can ask him to resign, which they've done. The media can put pressure on him, and heaven knows they're doing that. Barry Williams, though, can tell them all to go jump in the lake, which is essentially what he's done to this stage. This is the thing about democracy. When you're elected to a job, you can't be fired until the next election. You can resign and walk away immediately, but let's face it, Kerry Allen is still taking a paycheck despite not doing any work as a local Member of Parliament. So why should Barry Williams resign just because some people, in fact hopefully most people, think what he has done is appalling. He can face and is facing absolute opprobrium from his voters and from the wider council, but they can't do anything about it. In two years, when it's local body elections time again, maybe this will have been forgotten. Maybe it won't have been. If we had recall elections whereby the people can petition for another vote, then maybe something could be done, but it can't. Mr Williams seems a stoic and determined sort of bloke. He is no relation to me, by the way. He will continue to face pressure from the Otago Daily Times and stuff over this and from the Dunedin City Council. I think in the back blocks of Middlemarch, he probably won't care, although I hope he at least amends his
2: behaviour. RCR is on a mission to revive Honest Media, and now you too can be an integral part of it by joining the RCR Foundation Members Club. Receive exclusive benefits only available to club members, including your own backstage pass to join the hosts for interactive behind-the-scenes discussions, along with our all-new daily curated news summary, RCR Bytes, that's delivered to your email box every morning, keeping you on the pulse of the news that matters in just a few minutes per day. To find out more, visit realitycheck.radio members to see how you can join the mission that's making a difference. Uh, now,
1: here's some correspondence that I meant to mention a couple of days ago, but sadly I forgot, so I'm trying to make up for it now. It is uh, regarding some showings of the documentary movie Silenced, which I'm very pleased to say that uh, I appeared in. Uh, it was shot in the middle of last year, uh, June of 2022 was when I did the interview. Uh, The producer is a delightful young woman by the name of Samantha Blanchard. Now, it's been shown at quite a few places around the country in the last year or so, but there are some uh, screenings in Auckland coming up in a few days' time. It's going to be shown at the NZDSOS, the New Zealand Doctors Speaking Out with Science conference, which is on Saturday, the 16th of September, Uh, If you're registered uh, for that conference, uh, you'll certainly see the movie there. But then there are some public screenings uh, just uh, the couple of days after that. Uh, Firstly, at Mission North, which is at 9 Wainui Road at Silverdale, 6 o'clock on Sunday, the 17th of September, admission by Koha. And then not far away at the Bridgeway Theatre, uh, Monday night, the 18th of September at 7 o'clock, and admission there is $15. So this is uh, the independent New Zealand documentary called Silenced, detailing perspectives on the threat to free speech. And I also explained why I left my job uh, in the mainstream media Uh, Like I say, just on a couple of years ago So I'm more than happy to publicise those screenings Sunday, September 17th at Mission North Wainui Road, Silverdale And Monday the 18th of September uh, At uh, the Bridgeway Theatre, Northcote Point in Auckland Uh, Both of them, both screenings at 7pm on those respective nights
2: Check out our brand new RCR Foundation Members Club. Go to realitycheck.radio members and join now. The amount of crime
1: being committed at supermarkets is now reaching epidemic proportions. A recent report told us that based on data collected from 300 supermarkets, crime is up almost 60% on a year ago. Foodstuffs say that in their pack-and-save New World and Four Square stores, assault, robbery and burglary have doubled year-on-year and are up 13% in the three months between May and July of this year compared to February, March and April of this year. So it's getting worse, it seems, by the day. Repeat offenders are the main culprits. They were involved in 1,862 incidents across foodstuffs outlets in the North Island in the last year. So, what is to be done? If you think that the cost of groceries is too high at the moment, then extra security measures are only going to push the prices even higher, of course, because extra security is going to cost supermarket operators millions of dollars. It's painfully obvious that two measures are needed to stop the rampant and brazen stealing that goes on in supermarkets. Number one, security guards need to have powers of apprehension. And two, electronic release doors will have to be installed so that people can go out supermarket doors uh, only on the, the presenting of uh, a document or your receipt, your docket. Yes, these measures, with their plate glass and magnetic releases, which only open upon the showing of a bar here, a barcode or a QR code on your receipt, will cost a fortune and will be a pain in the backside for most law-abiding shoppers. But frankly, it's the only way to stop some of the activity going on. Video of shoplifters in action is very common now online, and the activity is appalling. One I saw shows two shoplifters. Two shoplifters. Being approached by security as they were leaving the store without paying The security guard tried to stop them The offenders just punched him and carried on That's why more security, more powers for them And stronger doors are the only way to reduce this crime wave Oh and by the way, police arresting these scumbags And judges punishing them in court would help a great deal too This has been the Peter Williams Afternoon Show for a Wednesday. Thank you so much for your company. I look forward to talking with you again on Friday afternoon. If you have any correspondence uh, for this show, inbox at realitycheck.radio is my address, or you can uh, send a text through 2057 or look for us on Facebook, search for Reality Check Radio and leave your comment. Have a very good Wednesday evening. I'll talk to you again on Friday. You've been listening to Pete's Ponderings on RCR, Reality Check Radio.
0: Remember, you can catch Pete's full show combining smooth sounds and candid commentary on everyday issues for Kiwis and the Peter Williams Afternoon Show on our live broadcasts, 1 p.m. Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, right here on RCR reality check radio
2: check out our brand new rcr foundation members club go to realitycheck.radio members and join now